welcome to another episode of the Married to Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Laurel Markovich. I am she, Married to Jesus. And this episode is about value, high value. Just how valuable are you? Well, I would say that you are a person who is of immeasurable value. Someone who is so precious to God that God would give his only son for you. Leviticus 27.12 says the priest shall value it as either good or bad. And as the priest values it, so it shall be. I'm a priest. You are a priest in the new covenant. We are all priests over our own houses, whether that be our natural vessel or if you are a man, your own household. You are the king of your kingdom and your domain. So as you value yourself and your goods, so it shall be. If you think you're worthless, well, perhaps so you shall be. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now the Young's literal translation of that verse is is so interesting because it says, For as he thinketh in his soul, so is he. Which alludes to the fact that as you choose to think of yourself in your heart, in your mind, over and over and over again, that record that plays in your head, over and over and over again, is exactly, essentially, what you will manifest yourself to be. If you beat yourself up in your head and in your thoughts and in your heart all day long, well, then don't expect great things from whoever that person is because they think they have no value. They self-destruct and they tell themselves lie they well they believe the lies of the enemy it's not always their own thoughts they don't realize they're actually hearing from the enemy who hates them the devil and he's telling them that they're worthless they're valueless they're no good they're fat they're ugly they'll never do anything with their life um, there's no purpose that god you know shouldn't have even given birth to them they shouldn't even be alive And that's sort of the record that plays in a person's heart and mind all day long. And as they buy into that, that is what they become, essentially. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's what he's believing. That's what she's believing about herself. And the more value you place on yourself, the more others will value you. Now, why is that? Why is that? Well, respect starts with yourself. As you respect yourself, it you will command the respect of others. As you don't allow others to walk all over you and call you names and mistreat you and do all kinds of crazy things to you, others will also respect you. Nobody likes a bully. Nobody likes to be bullied. There's always unique situations where there's people you can't control their hatred and their anger. But generally speaking, 
if you think that you are likable, if you like yourself, if you think that you deserve a decent job where you can earn a living, if you think that you deserve to be respected and your personal space deserves to be respected, if you like yourself, generally other people will like you too because you have basically told the world you're likable. Hey, I like me, therefore I'm likable. Those kind of people do tend to attract other people's good opinions because they are not bound by them. They are not needed. They are not necessary. They love themselves. So how do you value yourself? If you don't value yourself, it's a war, honestly, that is everyone fights at different times and different points in their life. We're bombarded with pictures every day of what our lives should be like. We're bombarded with highlight reels of other people's life. And comparison is the root of jealousy. Comparison is the root of no joy. Um, It can steal your joy. It can make you feel less than when perhaps God just has something special in mind for your life. So let's talk about what your value can't come from uh, because this battle is real, this value for your self-worth, self-esteem. And that's how the enemy gets you. He tries to devalue you because after he makes you feel like you're not worthy or not worth anything, then he can steal anything he wants from you. He can get you to give up just about anything when he tells you you're not valuable unless... Unless what? Well, the first lie that comes is you're not valuable unless you have money. And then a lot of times he will instigate you. This is the enemy, Satan, to do just about anything to get money, to get wealth, to steal, kill, and destroy, just to get some wealth, just to get some money, break the law even, hurt your friends, hurt your neighbors, steal to just to get wealth. But the truth is, Wealth is here today and gone tomorrow. You had yesterday, but you don't today. That's just the way money works. Money can have you on top of the world. And here's the thing about money. Proverbs 18, 11. Money is a rich man's fortified city. It is like a high wall in his imagination. And it's really interesting that Proverbs 18.11 talks about imagination when it comes to money and that it's like a, um, a high wall in his imagination because there's other verses in the Bible that talk about whatever's in your heart, you sort of, like your, your images in your heart are bringing forth your life. They're bringing forth, you know, they're producing fruit in your life and bringing forth your destiny. Well, Proverbs 18.11 is saying that a rich man's wealth is his fortified city, which means like a city you can't get into. And it's like a high wall in his imagination or like a something high and lifted up in his heart. And that's his money. Wow. That's really hard for me to just grasp, to be honest, because... If you think about it, it's a high wall in his imagination. Money can be here today and gone tomorrow. We all know MC Hammer. 
It was his wealth was there one day and gone the next. And his video, do you remember? <laughs> he was like, where's the love? Y'all don't love me no more because he didn't have money. And it was like, did you think money loved you? Did you think that money loved you? I mean, did you think that money was actually buying you friends? Did you think those people actually loved you just because they bought one song? Like, it, that was a, an imagination. It was a, the deceitfulness of riches. And here's the thing about a, a really wealthy man who has a lot of money. He can be on top of the world one day thinking that he can do no wrong and that no evil can fall, no evil can befall him, that he's got it made. He has all the power and the control in the world because he's got money. Yet one day, he too will meet his maker and depart from this world just like everyone else. He's either going in the fire or he's going in a box. He thought that he was on top of the world. Maybe he was a billionaire. He thought he was fine. He thought he could do anything and he, he wanted. He thought he was really a ruler of this world. He thought he was fine one day and the next day because that money was his God and a high wall in his heart and he never accepted Jesus Christ. One day he's fine and the next day he's on his way to eternal damnation, completely unaware, going about his life like everything is fine, like there's no eternity, like there's no world, no life after this life. And his money made him feel that way. That's why it says it's a fortified city. It made him feel safe. It made him feel secure. It might have granted him some luxury, some um, security in this world. It might have granted him all kinds of pleasure in this world. But the suffering that is to come if he has not accepted Jesus Christ will way beyond cancel out and drown out any pleasure that man ever felt. A rich man's wealth is a fortified city and... It's like a high wall in his imagination. It's a high wall. It's something that has to really be even just conquered that, you know, money can't save you from eternal damnation. God has no problem with people having money. God doesn't want money to have control over you because money is deceitful. Money cannot save you. Money does not love you. God loves you. So your value cannot come from wealth because Things happen. The world changes. Trust funds go over, go under. Stock markets crash. That should not change your value as a person or as a man. If you go bankrupt, that should not change your value as a person. You are still a human being with infinite worth to both God and your family. So your value cannot come from how much money you have in the bank. Because you and I both know it's going to change from day to day how much money you actually have. All right. That was kind of for my guys because guys tend to put a lot of their trust and a lot of their self-worth and value in how much money they make. And girls, we pressure them to do it. You know you do. You know you do. Um, But the good ones know whether you are rich or whether you are poor, 
You want to be loved for who you are, whether you're rich or poor. And that is true love. That is someone who values you as a person, regardless of the cash in your account. Honey, nobody wants to be loved for their money. It's a life of not being trusted feeling like you're truly love. It's a life of not really being able to trust anybody. And it actually drives that rich, wealthy man further into his fortified city because the people around him don't actually love him. He's always, you know, um, suspicious that they actually just love him for his money. It's a very, very sad state to live in. Gals, what's your value can't come from? is your physical appearance. Your physical appearance is like shifting sand. It's temporal, fleeting, and fading. Sometimes our own bodies betray us (laughs) because we live in a world where there is a lot of sorrow, there is a lot of suffering, and there's just a lot of fallen things in this world. This world is fallen. Our food is fallen. Garden of Eden food was way different than the food today, like where it's pumped full of junk and hormones and just all kinds of crazy stuff that you're like having to constantly fight against. It's, it's insane. So our physical appearance cannot determine our value. It cannot determine our worth. It changes from day to day, how much sleep you've had, how many babies you've had, how much exercise you've done. Our bodies are, according to the Bible, corruptible. God forbid we get sick, but these bodies can, you know, get sick. They can fail us. They can be corrupted. Our bodies are the temple of God, but these are not our heavenly home. The Bible doesn't say that these bodies are our heavenly home. It says it's the temple of God and that we can actually defile our own bodies. It is a body of death. According to Romans 7, 24 through 25, Paul says, a wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And the answer is, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And what's so interesting is that this flesh that we're living in is really the only part of us that is temporary. So our souls and our spirits are, well, spirit, we each have one spirit. (laughs) We are a spirit. We have one spirit, which Christ dwells in. He lives in our spirit. He lives in our heart. And then we have our souls, our mind, our will, and emotions. Those that, that mind, will, and emotion, that soul part of us, that spirit is eternal. The, the body that houses our soul and our spirit, that is perishable. That is corruptible. But again, as I've said and on a previous podcast, Jesus Christ died on the cross in our place. So he was dying for the the flesh of man, the corruptible flesh of man, not just our sins, but the sins in our flesh, not just the things that we do inadvertently, but the whole bloodline of man, um, the actual sinful nature of man. 
And 1 Corinthians 15, 53 through 54 says, the perishable, which is our bodies, must clothe itself with the imperishable. That is our new body one day. And the mortal, our mortal bodies that can get sick, be defiled, be corrupted, or even, you know, fail and die and pass pass away so that they can no longer, you know, our bodies sometimes just wear out and the spirit and the soul goes on to be with God, hopefully, if you are saved and that body just returns to dust, dust to dust. That's what happens to the mortal body. But the perishable can put on imperishable, the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that it is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. And what does that mean? That is talking about the rapture. So when the rapture happens, praise the Lord, we will be out of this earth. Thank God, hallelujah, I'm ready to go, come back Jesus. Jesus is going to call, nobody knows the day and the hour, but Jesus is going to call all who are saved, all who believe in Christ, up to meet him in the air. He's going to call us out. Like in the twinkling of an eye, we will all who are believers will disappear. It's going to be crazy. But what's going to happen is we're going to disappear from the earth before the day of vengeance of our God, where God basically pours out his wrath for seven years before literally the earth completely is destroyed by God. And so what happens is, what's going to happen is that the, before we go up in the air, before we go up to meet the Lord in the air and the sky, our mortal, corruptible, perishable body will be changed in the twinkling of an eye into an immortal body. And God will actually give us our final inheritance that we that he bought for us at the cross and that will be literally an immortal body a body that will never get sick a body that will never age a body that will never hurt a body that will never feel bored it's literally a body that's that's without sin it's immortal okay sin brings death so it will never, it will be in the likeness of God. It will be literally almost restored to like that Adam and Eve nature, except better because Adam had a different place when in heaven when he was a man before God. And now Jesus sits in that place of Adam, a perfect man, because no man, no true human can sit in that place but Jesus Christ and it actually be secure. So... Your value cannot come from this corruptible, perishable, mortal body. Ladies, it just can't because it will one day be failing you. It is shakable. It is sinking sand. Another place that your value cannot come from is your relationship status. Hello, am I talking to anyone out there? (laughs) Listen, folks, I got so tired of people asking me about who I was with and who I was dating that I just went and married Jesus, (laughs) okay? So you relationship junkies can get off my back. 
My relationship status does not define who I am. There is so much more to being a woman than having a man. Seriously. Your relationship status should not define your self-worth. You should have so much value in yourself and love yourself so much, ladies, before you get into a relationship that you are picky and choosy about who you will even associate you and your name with. Who you will let your influence also be given to. Because basically that's what you're doing. When you tie yourself to another person, you're saying, you know, what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. I'm talking about marriage, especially here. Or like serious dating. Like you're basically, your lives are becoming intertwined and your paths are essentially becoming one. Your influence will increase. But more than anything, you are allowing that person to associate and operate with your name, you know, as, as one of your acquaintances, as somebody you know, as somebody you associate yourself with. And that says a lot about your character. So you should, should certainly not let a relationship status define you. And you certainly need to be choosy about who that person is because people will try to define you that by that. Because it does reflect on you, your choice in life partner, whoever it is, it is a reflection of you. Now, whether you're married, you're single, you're divorced, you're dating, whatever the case is, I know the world puts a lot on this. And as I've said before, the reason why there is any weight to this relationship, to this type of, to the marriage status and to a woman being with a man, the reason why there is any weight to that kind of relationship is because it is a reflection of Christ and his church, Jesus and his bride. And everything the world does is sort of a perversion of something that's happening in God's eternal realm. So Jesus gave his life for his bride, the church. And and that's why there's so many romance movies and there's so many stories about all and even and all the girls in all the world have started at a very young age of wanting boys and wanting boys to love them and all the romance stories and all the dramas and all the movies about a hero coming to save the girl why because Christ died for his bride the church again it's all founded on God's eternal truth so Speaking not about Christ and his church, speaking about you folks out there listening, whether you're dating or divorced or singled or married, let me ask you, is that really all that there is to you? I mean, is that the only thing that makes you special and stand out? And if so, like, what does that say about you? Oh, she's married to that guy. So, I mean, and like, that's her whole entire status and standing. I mean, Do you have a job? Are you good at something? What are your skills? Like, do you have anything else that makes you stand out? Did you graduate from college? Do you have a career? I mean, that just can't be where your confidence comes from. It can't be coming from a man because, again, that's shakable. 
You can't build your self-worth on being accepted by Joe whoever. I mean, you just can't do that because you're bound to be disappointed. You have to figure out who you are and be who you are. And as you know that more and more, that's when you'll be less likely to fall for someone who you know does not deserve you. He does not, you know, deserve, he does not your deserve your influence. He does not deserve to be a part of your life because then you'll see those who are trying to leech onto you just to get what you've built and what you have that you worked for. That's why you need to be sure you know who you are. You need to know your value. And it cannot come from relationship status. Because just like money, that could be here today, gone tomorrow. Okay. Here is what you can put your value on. Here is how you can actually value yourself. Is to know where your value comes from. It comes from God. It comes from your heavenly father, daddy God, the one who sent his son to die for you. It comes from God and God alone. God clothed you with Christ. He literally clothed you with Christ's righteousness so that in him you would be holy, blameless, faultless in God's sight. God doesn't see you as unworthy or undeserving. He doesn't see you as blemished. God doesn't see you as dirty. God doesn't see you as ugly. God sees you as beautiful and perfect in his sight because he sees you through the blood of Jesus. He doesn't even see you in your sins. He sees you as accepted in the beloved. God calls you favored. God calls you blessed. God calls you chosen. God calls you appointed. God calls you his, his own child. You are not unwanted. You are not unloved. Galatians 2 and 20 says, The life I now live in the body, talking about our mortal bodies here on this earth while we're here, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus wants us. He wants us to be children of God. And because Christ was willing to lay down his life and suffer and die for us, we are people of infinite worth. Christ left heaven to come down and die for us. We are made in the image of Almighty God. God created a lot of things. He created fish, He created trees, He created clouds, He created you know, squirrels, he created dogs, he created all these things, but God never breathed his own spirit into those other creatures, not the whale, not the snake, not the bunny rabbit. God did not breathe his spirit into the gorilla. He did not breathe his spirit into the grass. 
He didn't breathe his spirit even into the sunshine. The only place that God, he breathed the breath of life into the creatures on the earth. So the breath of life, he did not breathe his own spirit. When it came to making, creating mankind, God actually breathed his own spirit into us. And that's why there is an eternal part of mankind. That's why you cannot place a price on any human life, no matter how rich, no matter how poor, no matter how handicapped or crippled or broken, no matter how old. There is no price that you can place on a human life because the Spirit of God dwells in them. No matter how sinful even, even the most wretched sinners, and there's a lot of them in the world right now. It's getting dark out there, folks. God says they're priceless, that you cannot place a price on their life because his spirit dwells in them. And that's why there has to be a place to house your eternal spirit, either heaven or hell. It has to go somewhere. Your mama may not have wanted you. Your daddy may not have planned you, but God wanted you. And God decided that you needed to be birthed You needed to be born into this world and God decided he chose where you would be born and that you would have whatever name it is that you have. He said that this this world needs a person named you and you were thus created with the spirit of almighty God and the image of almighty God. That's why Christ wants us to be reconciled back to God Because he knows where our eternal spirit came from. It came from God himself. And Christ, knowing how valuable we were to God, made Christ, I mean, of all the images, God's son, he's a father, son, Holy Spirit, of all the three types in the Trinity that there is of God, one is a man. That's how much God loves man. Jesus Christ was fully God and fully man. God respects man. God respects human life. God loves man. So someone had to lay down his life. And it was God, It was Jesus who as a man laid down his life for us. Girls, your value cannot come from a human man. It has to come from the God man, Jesus Christ. Honey, these men won't give up their phones for you. They won't give up their time. They won't give up a smidge of their ego to apologize. Do not, for one minute, place your value on whether or not that man loves you or wants you. He won't even do the dishes for you. Not even once, even though you've done it a million times. That is not the kind of man you need to place your value on. That is earthly. It is sinking sand. It is shakable. Your value comes from God who gave up his son for you. These men out here in the last days, the Bible tells us all about them. They are lovers of self. They are lovers of pleasure. In the last days, Men will be deceitful, boasters, proud, mockers, disobedient. That's what men are like these days. (laughs) So, honey, 
Your value needs to come from God because that is something you can be deeply rooted in and that even when one of those men come after you to devalue you, you will not be shaken because you know whose you are and you know who you are. Amen. Hallelujah. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, you saw my unformed body. All my days were written in your book before one of them came to be. Psalm 139, 15 through 16. Oh, how I love that verse. Jesus, Almighty God, our Heavenly Lord, knows every day that happened before we were born. He knows every day we'll ever have on this earth. He even knows when our last day on this earth will be. Before, excuse me, before one of them came to be, all of our days were already written and ordained in God's eyes. God knows us. He loves us. God told Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, before you were born, I knew you. I knew you. I set you apart and I appointed you. He gave him a ministry. Jeremiah had a call in his life before he was even born. Isn't that crazy? Whoa. And God knew he needed to be born in that exact place so that he would be a prophet to the nations. Amen. Hallelujah. So your value comes from God because just like Jeremiah, who had a mission, that's my dryer going off. I apologize if you can hear that buzzard. So um, I don't know what I'm saying. So we'll go on to the next point. Oh, I do remember. I was saying God knows what you're called to do with your life. And he knew it before you were even born, before you were even formed in the womb. Why and how can he know that? Because he's almighty God. He knows everything. He literally knows all of our days. He knows all the hairs on our head. Like we don't even know the own number of hairs on our own head. And God does. I think that's so cool. So, how to your val- how to value yourself if you don't? Well, are you saved? I mean, do you value your eternal soul? There's all kinds of things in this world about how to take care of yourself and self-love and love yourself and soul love and soul care and soul this and soul that. But you know, honey, are you saved? Do you value your eternal soul? Are you going to spend eternity in hell? How can you value this mortal, corruptible, perishable flesh and not value your eternal spirit and soul that is cut off from God and hell bound until you're saved? How dare you say you value yourself at all? You will spend eternity in hell where the worm die not. You will rot and be eaten and the moth die not. And how? For eternity. 
if you don't accept what Jesus Christ did for you at the cross for your sins, if you don't receive the gift of God's unconditional love for you, if you are not saved, today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. Jesus loves you. He loves you. Don't worry about all that religious stuff and rules and traditions of the older brother generations that tried to just use church and religion for wealth and to make themselves important. God is doing away with that in this hour. This is the fullness of time. You need to be saved. There's not a lot of time left. I pray to God you're not listening to my podcast once I've been raptured from this earth. I pray to God that you will let your heart and mind be transformed by the gospel that says Christ died for you. He died for your sins. It is not of yourself so that no man can boast. He wanted you to be saved. That's why he sent his son so that you would never perish, that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You can spend all your money on everything else in this world and still come up empty. Why not try Jesus? He loves you. Your spirit man does not have to be cut off from God. You can be accepted and deeply loved by Christ. God already loves you. But if you're not his child, if you have not accepted Christ, you're going to hell, brother, sister. God loves you. He wants you to be saved. You don't have to be good enough for God. Your parents might have demanded that you be good enough. Your parents might have constantly criticized you and nagged you. But God knows you. God gets you. God understands you perfectly. He understands you. Every thought you've ever had. And he knows why you are the way you are. God understands everything and knows everything you're thinking right now. And he wants you to be saved. So I would like to invite you to dinner with me. To the marriage supper of the Lamb. The wedding supper of our Lord Jesus Christ. That will happen as soon as we're all raptured and we go to heaven while this world self-destructs and the wrath of God is poured out, when all of that happens on this earth, believers will be in heaven partying. And that's where a boogie will be. I will be in heaven having a good old time. And I pray that you will join me. Will you come to dinner with me? Will you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today? He loves you. He died for your eternal soul and spirit so that all who call upon him will be saved so that you would never perish, but that you would have eternal life. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, I am she, married to Jesus.